worship God today through his word? Can we give Jesus just one big one and just let him know he's invited, he's loved? And while we're at it, can we welcome our Colleen campus and all of those that are joining us online, man? We love you guys. This is a series that we look forward to. Sometimes we do the Forget Religion, Find God series in September. Sometimes we'll do Come As You Are. They're always different. We always bring them from a different angle. But this is the DNA of Jesus. And therefore, and I'm going to show that to you today in Scripture. That's what I believe the Holy Spirit wants all of us to walk out of here is a, a deep understanding of what does it really mean to say come as you are. And that is the DNA of Jesus himself. And therefore, if it's the DNA of Jesus, then we surely want it to be the DNA of Reach Church. The issue, and we're going to look at that towards the end of the message today. The issue is, is the world, especially America, has a very skewed view of what the church really is. Now, their view may not be skewed of what the church has become as a whole, but their view is skewed of what the church is supposed to be. And so what we're going to do is look at throughout this series is who Jesus has called us to be, how he's called us to stand out and be set apart. For very good reasons, inviting reasons, encouraging reasons, and loving reasons, not all of the stuff and all the mystique that has come with religion. Jesus never came to establish a religion. He actually said that religion is man-made ideas taught to people as commands from God. But the religious, they're not even willing to walk a step in the mile they've commanded the people to walk. So Jesus actually said, don't worry about the outside of the cup. That's religion. That's what they do. They worry about the outside of the cup. But you first wash the inside and then the outside will begin to reflect. And that's what a life-giving Jesus is all about. And that's what living a spirit-led life is all about, is worrying about first the inside. Where is your heart at with God? How is your soul condition with God? Not about what you wear, how you look. I mean, we just, I got a call this morning from Daniel, and he said there were some religious, some people, some religious spirits out picketing in the back alley. And he called me, he said, what are we supposed to do? And I said, I'm coming right there. I said, get Ryan. So we got out back and we got in a fist fight with these religious spirits. It was going down. I'm telling you straight up right now. I didn't know which way it was going to go at first. Start, I mean, they ripped my sleeves off. They literally ripped the sleeves off of my jean jacket. I thought, oh my God, I might lose this fight. But I've never lost a fight. And my God has never lost a fight. And then all of a sudden I saw him giving Daniel and Ryan both wedgies. So don't get mad at them for their skinny jeans. It's not their fault. And then we took out the 10-foot pole we keep in the back. Kenneth came running out with a 10-foot pole, and we beat every religious spirit out of this place. Are you with me? Religion has no place at Reach Church because it's not of God. There's only one reference in the entire Bible on the word religion. It's in the book of James chapter one. And here's what he said. You want religion? You want pure religion? Then go do for the homeless. Go do for the fatherless. Go do for the widows. Go do for those that nobody else will do. You want to see what pure religion looks like? That's what it looks like. It's not about what you wear. It's not about how you act. It's not about how you appear to people. It's not about how you speak and what you do and what you drive and where you live. That ain't nothing to do with religion. It's not about whether you're 
you're holier than somebody. And that ain't got nothing to do. Real religion, if you want to say that there's a religion, it's going out and doing for somebody that nobody else wants to do anything for. And so we're going to kick off this Come As You Are series. But before we do, I'm going to do a couple giveaways. Candace and the team put together some really cool merch. This is a, a black hoodie somewhere in here. Yeah, there it is. No, is it, what, what is it? Is it a trick? Oh, there it is. You just like, it's just black. I don't care about a black hoodie. All right. Anyway, it's a large. Who wants a large black hoodie? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, bath throw. Sorry. It kind of opened up and floated like a butterfly. Here's a couple of these little wristbands that say, come as you are. We're just going to chuck them out. Okay. Daniel, go chuck a couple of those in the back. I can't reach the back with those little flimsy things. Ryan, go find somebody to give that to. But there's a bunch of that merch out in there, and I'm not going to plug stuff because I hate doing stuff like that. But if you want some, go get some after service, okay? We're going to get into the most important part, and that is the word of the living God. And we're going to see what Jesus has to say about come as you are. And that brings us to our first point, which is simply that, come as you are. These are the words of Jesus. Not the words of anybody else. He didn't leave it up to anybody else to communicate the most important message that he wanted communicated to the lost, to the hurt, to the broken, to those that are confused and bound up. He didn't want anyone else to communicate this. He saved it for himself. The Holy Spirit spoke it through Jesus himself. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, then Jesus said, everybody say together, come. He didn't say pause, wait, delay. He didn't say, hold on a second. I, I got to get you fixed up first. I really want to invite you into me. And I really want you to invite me into you. But man, you got some issues. You got some problems. You, you, your marriage is a little bit messed up right now. Your finances aren't in order. You, you, you're not dressing appropriately. He didn't say none of that. He said, come. Just a blanket invitation. Come to me. And then who does he say it to? All of you, everybody, anyone, doesn't matter what, what pigmentation your skin has, doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on, doesn't matter what your economical status is today, doesn't matter how much is in your bank account, doesn't matter who, whether you grew up a Christian, not a Christian, whether you thought you were a Christian, realized you weren't a Christian, it doesn't make a difference to Jesus. He just said, come, all of you, all of you who are weary, all of you who carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Now, I don't know about you, but if you lived in this life probably more than 15 years, then you know what it means to be a little bit weary. You know what it means to carry some heavy burdens. Even if you're a teenager at school and you're getting bullied, you're worried about what to wear that day because you know that they're going to pick it apart. Maybe it's at your workplace and you're doing well, you're achieving at your, at your job and people are getting jealous of you. Or maybe it's a family member who betrayed you or is talking bad about you or ill about you behind your back but in the end listen now jesus say no matter what you're carrying no matter what the burden is no matter how heavy it feels no matter how big the load is just come to me just like you are don't try to unload it don't try to fix your mess and then come to me because all you're going to do is wear yourself out that's why you become weary because you're trying to carry that heavy load on your own. He doesn't want you to carry it one more inch forward. He wants you literally just to lay it down before him. And then he says this, 
I'm going to give you rest. I promise you, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I love this. Let me teach you. This is Jesus now. He's not commanding you be taught. Listen to everything I say. What he's saying is, come on, open your heart, open your mind, be teachable, be coachable. Let me teach you because I am humble. Jesus is about the only one that can say that. You can't walk around saying you're humble. You can't wear like a badge that says humble. He says, I am humble and gentle at heart. He's declaring to the world because you know why? He knew what he knew what religion would make him out to be. Some mean, vindictive God. Some hellfire and brimstone preaching son of God. He knew what they would try to paint him to be. And he said, don't get twisted. Don't listen to the liars. Don't listen to the father of lies. I am humble and I'm gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. You know what that means? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So he's telling you. You're going to have rest from all the tormenting thoughts, from all the burdensome thoughts. You're going to have rest from all the thoughts that just spin your mind up, that keep you up at night. You're going to have rest from those thoughts. You're going to have rest from the desires that are calling you and drawing you away from him and into things that don't belong to God or belong to you or don't need to be in your life. He's going to give you rest to your feelings, your emotions. He's going to give you rest. You're not going to be all anxious and all stressed out and walking on pins and needles and eggshells because you're not sure how to get through this or what they're going to do next. He's going to give you rest for your soul. And he says, for my yoke, his burden, it's really not a burden at all. He said, it's easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. And what he gives us is he gives us freedom. He gives us freedom from our past, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from pain. He gives us that. So when we look at this and we say, okay, we can see the words of Jesus, but the thing is, is that we got to put it in context. What is Jesus saying this? What led to Jesus saying this? And that's what we're going to look at in the next two points. We're going to go back up just a few verses and we're going to look at number two. In Matthew eleven twenty five, because sometimes you got to peel things backwards. It's like an onion. You got to open it up by layers, and on the inside is the core. We just got the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes of what he was saying. But now we want to know why was he saying it? And the truth is, he has been revealed to you. This is why you can understand it. Jesus has been revealed. You may feel like today you walk in here, you're not even sure if you believe in him. Now you got no excuse. Now you got no escape from the truth. And the truth is he is revealing himself to you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. You're not here by happenstance. You are here by intention, by a divine appointment. And look at Jesus. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Think about this. This is his prayer to the Father God. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. I love Jesus. He's like, look, Father, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think they already knew it but were wrong. They've become so smart, they're stupid. They become so wise, they're not. They're foolish. They become so clever, they're stumbling. 
In other words, they have filled their hearts with pride, thinking better of themselves, and they have literally excommunicated themselves from the position that they should be in to be able to receive from God. And he says this, and for, everybody say it, revealing. Revealing them. What's them? The secrets of God. The hidden things of God. Revealing them to the childlike. Now this is such a crucial point. Jesus is not saying that you got to go and start doing baby talk again. Y'all might do that in your bedroom or in your house somewhere. That's cool, right? But Jesus ain't saying that you got to act like a child. Because the scripture later says it's time to grow up. Get off the spiritual milk and get some meat in you, right? He's not saying act like a child, but he's telling you, stay safe. Is there anybody in your life? Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your grandfather, grandmother. Is there anybody in your life? I know there's a couple people in my life. When my daughter sees me around them, she gets the giggles because I'm not exactly the same demeanor as I am everywhere else. I get around them. Like when I get around my pastor, I'm like, hey, pastor, it's good to see you. Can I get a hug? You know? When my grandma and grandfather were alive, I got in their presence and I felt like a child again. They were so wise. They were so amazing, so incredible, so loving, so gracious. And every time I got that, I looked at them as like parents in my life. And every time I got around them, I just became soft on the inside. I became pliable, moldable, teachable coachable i was looking and wanting i wanted them to know that they know that they know i am 100 percent submitted to them and i want them to know that they know that i want to receive from them i want to learn from them i can't wait to hear the next nugget of wisdom that they're going to drop i'm going to bust my notebook out i'm going to just be ready when they say something i may ask them to repeat it because i want to write it down because i don't want to forget it that's childlike faith and that's the way we should be with god 24 7 don't come to God with a proud heart. He resists the proud. You come to God like a child. You come to God because you know why? You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he says, yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. This is the way God chose it to be. And then we move on to number three, and this is the key. Look at this now. Think of themselves clever to, for revealing them to the childlike. So he is going to reveal them to those who are childlike in faith, which leads us to the next verse, you are chosen. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27, he says, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son and... This is so key. This is huge. This is so big. And those whom the son, everybody say it, chooses to reveal him. So let's go back. No one truly knows the son except the father. No one truly knows the father except the son. Period. No, it doesn't stop with a period. Religion would put a period right there. Religion would teach you that part and then use that part to control and manipulate you. But Jesus goes on to say, and then there's another group of people who know the Father and know the Son. And it's only a very select group of who the Son chooses to reveal himself to. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I hope really, I really, really, really want to be in that group. Let me show you how to be in that group. We just talked about it. It's having childlike faith. 
It's not being special. It's not going out and doing good works. It's not, it's not putting on display. It's not giving a little extra in the offering. It's not doing any of that. You can't work for this. You just have to position yourself to receive. Because you have been chosen. And if you're in this room today, you're one of the chosen. You're one of the few. You're one of the proud. You're one of the ones that God has revealed himself to. And the reason why he's revealed himself to you is because you're pliable on the inside. The moment that you feel like you have arrived and have nothing else to learn is the very beginning of your descent in this life. So you can never come to this place where you feel like, I got this. No, no you don't. Trust me. No, you don't. I've been walking through some stuff in the last couple of years that I never could have dreamed of, never could have imagined, never could have, never could have even fathomed how the enemy would come at me or my family in different ways. But he is. What am I going to do about it? Cry about it? Get up here and put on a sob story? No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep declaring. I'm going to keep preaching the word of God. I'm telling you straight up right now, you got to take my life to get me to stop doing what God has called me to do. And it's not because I'm a tough guy. It's because I believe in him because he believed in me. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And he reached down on the inside of me and he grabbed a hold of my heart and he shed away all the hurt, all the pain, all the guilt, all the shame. And he picked me up out of my clay, set my feet on a rock to stay. And he loved me when no Nobody else would love me. He believed in me when nobody else would believe in me. He still stands for me every single day. His mercy endures forever. He's never going to give up on me. So I surely am not going to give up on him. And I'm not going to give up on the call that he has for my life. And that's not just being a preacher. That's not, that's not just, that's not the totality of the calling on my life. You have been crafted for such a time as this. You have been crafted. You have been created. You have been chosen for such a time as this. You can make a difference in the lives of others. You, you can be used of God. You know, the highways and the byways and the workplaces within your family, within your friends, you can do it. And I want to show you now, now we're going to see, we saw the beginning here. We saw that Jesus is going to reveal to those, the Father's going to reveal to those, those who he wants to, which he wants to reveal, childlike faith, which means if you have an understanding, a revelation, or even a knowledge of who Jesus really is, then it means that you're one of the chosen. And it doesn't mean that those that are not one of the chosen will never be one of the chosen. It's just really up to them. But we need to introduce them to the God we know. To the Jesus we know. Not to the one that religion paints him to be. Not to the one that the church as an institution has painted him to be. But the one he truly, really is. And the church that he is truly, really called to be a light to darkness. To be a city set on the side of the hill that can't be hid. To be the salt of the earth. We're going to look at that first scripture we started with out of the message translation or the message paraphrase it was on the screen when we started with the video are you tired 
Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. Just take, take a vacation from life and come with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that so beautiful? Such a good paraphrase of what Jesus is saying. And I want all of us to understand. Let me just give you a quick understanding of the, the opportunity that we have that we face. You may not know this, but Austin is the largest unreached city in America now. Only 1.7% of the Austin region attends church. Only 1.7%. We live in the greatest Missionville. Some people get ticked off. Oh, oh it's just been, uh, and all the Californians, you know, and all the, 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 the these ones and this ones and that ones. Hey, listen, 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 listen. Don't, 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 get a, don't get a prejudice against another state. We are the United States of America. And nobody moving in here is dictating where this needs to go. Jesus can dictate where it will go. But it's going to take a people, a church, who's willing to love them anyway. Who's willing to say, come as you are. Who's willing to get rid of all the religion and all the stigmas and all the nonsense and just open his doors and say, we want you just as you are. Because that's what Jesus called the church to be. Let me show you the top ten reasons why people don't go to church. Number one, church lasts too long. That's that, that on average, the average church service is an hour and 40 minutes. Dear God. Our church services on Sundays are 55 minutes. An hour and 40 minutes, we got one service done, the parking lot cleared, the parking lot filled, the, and we're already through worship in the next service. Some of the churches that, that, that I used to serve on Sabbath, they do two-hour service. I'm like, yo, we could do two in one. Okay, church lasts too long. I don't feel welcomed. That's the number two. I don't feel, I'm going to show you how Jesus is building research. We got this. I don't feel welcomed. Our slogan of research is come as you are. We pray over reach church that the Holy Spirit would anoint everything for the parking lot, to the greeters and hospitality, to the children's check-in, to the Connect Center, that there will be a warm, welcoming spirit upon reach, that when people walk through the doors, they'll feel welcome and they'll feel at home. I don't feel welcome. Jesus, this is what's so crazy is this is what religion has done to the church. But Jesus said, come as you are. Fear of being judged. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge you. I came to save you. Do you see how wicked religion is? It's literally reversed. It's done the opposite of what Jesus came to do. Number four, church is boring. Not this one. I'm not going to declare why, but y'all know why. Okay, but he said, when we look at heaven, heaven ain't boring. They're shouting. They're raising their hands. They're dancing. Are you hearing me now? And he tells us all the way throughout his word, that's the way we should be when we worship God, when we encounter God. Number five, they only preach hell and damnation. But the scripture says it is the goodness of God that draws all people 
to repentance. Hell and damnation won't draw anybody to repentance. It'll just scare the hell and damnation out of them for a little while. But it's the goodness of God that draws all, every single one to Jesus. Number six, they only want your money. You're going to hear about that in a minute when Daniel receives offering. We don't want your money. Truth be told, we say it all the time. This ain't between us. We give an opportunity for you to worship God through your giving, but we make it very clear what Jesus said. Don't ever put pressure on people to give. It's between you and God. It's how God will speak to you and what you do with it is your business with him. Number seven, the church is filled with hypocrites. Yeah, and when you came in, you added to the bunch. Okay? Number eight, I've been hurt in church. You know why? Because the church is full of hurt people. We've come to be healed. And the problem is, is hurt people hurt people. Now, we're trying to build a culture here where we limit this as much as possible, but it'd be impossible for me to promise you, you will never be hurt at Reach Church. That's just not possible. Because it's filled with broken people. It's filled with people that have been hurting. It's filled with just people aren't perfect. So people are going to do what people do. Number nine, they don't even preach about Jesus. That ain't Reach Church. That's all we preach about at Reach Church. I don't tell 15 cute stories and somehow tie a scripture into it. I tell 15 scriptures and somehow tie a story into it. Number 10, it's organized religion. That's why we have a, a series we often do, Forget Religion, Find God. Do you see what God has given us? He's given us a vision and an ability and understanding on how to reach this unreached city. And here's what we're doing. We're not doing anything really special, to be honest with you. We're doing the opposite of all of this. You know why? Because Jesus said to. We're just going to do what Jesus said to do. And it just so happens to be, it's what people are looking for. So I'm going to tell you before we close in prayer, there are invite cards out at the front of the building. Grab some, even if you just grab one. 93% of every single American that will get saved will say yes to Jesus in a Sunday morning church service. And 79% of everybody that will ever come to church will only come if they're invited by friends or family. So you can make a major difference. You don't got to win them, you just got to get them in. And let us do what God has anointed and called us to do. Amen? Can we give Jesus one big thank you for his word? I'm going to ask just for a minute if we bow our head and close our eyes. I just want to extend a quick opportunity here. Jesus is here. He's standing before you and he's telling you, come to me. Come as you are. I'll take you just like you are. You don't have to change a single thing. You don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks, what anybody else said, and even the things that have been done against you, I'm going to take them away from you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to wash you clean. Every mistake, every wrong you've ever done, every sin you've ever committed is going to be wiped out like it never happened. If you want to say yes to Jesus, then on the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand up nice and high, and we're going to pray a prayer with you right there in your seat. On the count of three, if that's you and you want to say yes, just put that hand up nice and high. Without fear, without worry, without delay. One, two, three. Come on, shoot those hands up. Hands are going up all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For all of you that raised that hand, just place it right on your heart. We're going to pray this prayer together. I want everybody to join in. Let's back them up as they're making it their own. Let's all say it where our own two ears can hear it. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. 
You are the Son of God. You gave your life for me. Now I give my life to you. Forgive me for every sin, every mistake I've ever made. Give me a fresh start, a new beginning. From this day forward, I dedicate my life to you. Give me the strength and your Holy Spirit to live it for you. Amen. Can we celebrate those folks and just give them one big, huge congratulations.